This is the Standard of Living, where we share stories and observations about this beautiful world around us. Enjoy the show. I'm excited about this episode of The Standard of Living. It's a compilation of four interviews I was able to do over the last couple of weeks with people who work with rescue and adoption agencies for cats and dogs in the Los Angeles area. Now, while it's limited to my pool of resources here in Los Angeles, this can easily extend itself out to shelters and rescues throughout the country. So if you're thinking right now of bringing in a fur baby into your home, whether you're fostering or adopting, this is really... I think this is a really timely podcast. And over the next few weeks, as I'm um, releasing more and more episodes, I will release the full interviews of each one of my guests so you can get to know more about them and more of what they do, as well as the shelters and rescues they work with. My first guest is Emmy Colligato, a friend of mine who moved recently to New Jersey, but she was L.A.-based for a time and worked closely with Sue Roos at L.A. Animal Rescue. This is what she had to say when I asked her her advice about people who were thinking about adopting or fostering a dog at this time. There's definitely been more interest in fostering and more interest in adoption since this quarantine or shelter in place, which is really wonderful. And um, every rescue has their own way of doing things. So I can only tell you from the standpoint of LA Animal Rescue how what we would suggest. Mm-hmm. Um if it's for short term, um, like, and by short term, I would say two to four weeks, it probably is going to be better to volunteer your fostering services to the city shelters. So mm-hmm. you can just Google which one is the closest to yours. And um, a, lot of, a, a lot of questions will come up for people where it's like, oh, but then after that four weeks, I have to return them. I'm going to feel so terrible returning them back to the shelter. I don't know if I can do that. So maybe I shouldn't even foster at all. But I want to tell those people, please still foster because in that one to four weeks, you can really learn about that animal, whether it be a cat or a dog. Um, And you can give the information to the shelter that this dog is great with children. This dog is great on leash, is not great in the car, is... um, only great with small dogs or was great with my cat. And that is information they didn't have before that you were able to supply and only makes them more likely to be either adopted by a family or individual or to be pulled from a rescue. Mm -hmm. So it's a really wonderful thing you can do. Now, if you're open to fostering for a longer period of time, um, we're, we're very welcoming of that. I would say, you know, over a month. Um, And just let us know. We always just ask, what is your expectation? Like, how long do you think you would be available to adopt? Do you have other animals in your house? Do you have children? What kind of energy level uh, dog do you think would be best suited for you? Um, And do you have um, anything that in your home, like, for example, food, bed, collar, leash already. Um, We do supply all that stuff, but we just ask just in case people already have stuff, you know. Uh Um, But that's usually what how we handle fostering. And I also really recommend to people who are fostering for a rescue for the first time, do some homework, look at their social media to make sure that they're networking their dogs so that you're not left with this dog. I I have heard that. Unfortunately, it happens quite often where 
rescues just leave foster dogs with the foster and never to be heard of again from mm-hmm. again. So just make sure they do that. And I always recommend rescues that do home checks because you want to make sure that the the dog is going to a home where they're not hoarding animals and where they're not, you know, there's, they're not, there's not dog fighting. Um, unfortunately, these are real things in our lives. And so uh, go with a rescue that does home checks and networks their dogs well on social media, as well as adoption sites such as rescueme.org or adoption, or sorry, adoptapet.com. Uh-huh. Um, so that you know that the dog you're fostering is continuously being shown on the computer to the general public. And I just want to touch on this real quick because, again, like I adopted Wally from the city shelter and didn't know too much about him. And thankfully, because I was able to ask you questions um, and I know in turn you also asked Sue for some um, feedback on my behalf because I was learning about this dog, I kind of reaped the benefits of asking questions of someone who was working for a rescue group. And I'm eternally grateful for that. So when you say to look for a rescue group that um, maintains that dialogue, you know, where you can ask questions and stay connected, I think that's really important because like I I did feel like a a floating island for a second, like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this dog? So um, I I definitely second um, getting to know your rescue group. And here I've got Letitia Chang, who volunteers with Lux Paws here in Los Angeles. Uh, she volunteers as a foster mama. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, foster mama. Meow me. <laughs> meow me? Like, like meow, meow meow? Yeah. <laughs> like the big cat. And how many cats do you have with you right now? I, I have three of my own. They're, they're my permanents. Oh, so you're not actually fostering any right now? Not at the moment. The last foster literally got sent off, I think, like last weekend, I want to uh-huh. say, uh-huh. to a, uh, well, not this past one, the previous one, to a potential adopter um, in Hollywood. Oh, fantastic. But at one point you did have, like, what was the most you had? I think I was, I had three fosters on top of my three regulars at one point. I think okay. like, I want to say last year, uh-huh. like like some. Oh, I want to say fall, fall ish last okay. summer. I, I, have- I vaguely remember going to your place one time and like just being surrounded by cats and slightly worrying about you. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, well, it was the three fosters on top of my regular three. Plus, I had two contraband kitties in my apartment too. Gotcha. I, uh, right now, what would you, what would you say to those who are thinking about fostering or adopting a kitty uh, in the middle of this pandemic slash isolation slash you know hunker down at home uh, situation that we found ourselves all in? Uh, the responsible response to that <laughs> um, would be <laughs> words of advice. I wh- yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well the the. Um, the, the way I would advise is that, I mean, think of it, I, I know this sounds ridiculous to people who don't see them as that way, but I really, really see pets as also kind of children, you know, with four legs and uh, are permanent for a coat. Mm-hmm. They, they really are like children. Um, so we need to treat them with the responsibility of, uh, of, as if we're thinking of fostering or adopting children, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lifelong commitment uh, in terms of adopting. 
Fostering. I highly recommend fostering, 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 fostering. Um, they, they could use the home. They could use the love. They can use the human interaction, um, any interaction of any sort, playing, et cetera, et cetera. It's all socialization makes them friendly, um, far more adoptable as well. Um, I, I would recommend going easy on the idea of adopting because yes, we have, we've got tons of time right now because we're stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Um, just to stay safe. But, you know, once that, once your life starts getting, you know, starts going again, you need to ask yourself the hard question of like, do you have the time to commit mm-hmm. to this four legged furry child in your apartment right now that you're giving love to because you have the time to do so? Um, what happens when you don't have the time? You know? And I'm sure the others uh, who are also answering this question uh, would mm-hmm. say the same thing. But uh, again, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, difference mm-hmm. between fostering and adopting. Fostering is definitely temporary. Um, think, think of it as a trial adoption. Okay. Um, if you are thinking of adoption, mm-hmm. um, adoption is a lot more, like I said, it's a lot more permanent. You got to think of it as a child. You know, mm-hmm. you are taking on this huge responsibility, uh, food, um, specifically for cats, litter. Um, if anything should happen health-wise, do you have the money for a vet bill? You know, mm-hmm. those, those things hurt financially. They hurt. Yeah, they and I know we're, I mean, we're, we're in a, we're in a financial lull right now too. Most of us are out of work, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, a dental bill, it, I don't want to scare people, but it's just like, I mean, a cleaning could cost anywhere between like two and $300, you know, mm-hmm. a pop right. for a vet. Um, but once you've adopted, you actually yeah. are signing in or you're signing on to these, these expenses down the road. Right. You're yeah. Fully for responsible life. for yeah. this cat. For Whereas if you're fostering, is that what happens if a, a cat it's has- a temporary thing? Um, the great thing about fostering is that you get all the benefits of the social aspect of it in terms of like having this adoring, this, uh, you know, it, it, I, I think pets in general is just like they, they, they can't vocalize really what they, at least in a language we understand for most people, um, mm-hmm. that they love us. But the condition, you know, the love is unconditional. They love you unconditionally. They appreciate everything that you do for them. Um, fostering, it's great. Like through these organizations, most of these organizations are willing uh, are willing to take on the. Um, they, they are because you're you're helping them out in terms of providing room and board for these mm-hmm. kitties. Mm-hmm. Um, they will cover most of the vet. They will cover the vet costs, mm-hmm. the spay neuters, the um, the. Uh, the uh, vaccinations that are required, especially for like small ones, little kittens you know, and, and such. Um, if you need help financially with providing, I mean, if, the, if these are youngins that still need to be bottle fed, mm-hmm. they will help you out in terms of providing formula and guidance. Um, it's a great learning experience, you know, in terms of caring for another living thing too. Right. And I think this is a good time to uh, think about fostering at a time. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it is temporary if right. you want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, it's, it's a win-win for both situations. The cat gets to learn how to socialize and live in a house. And the uh, person who's fostering, again, is signing on for learning what it's like to have an animal in their house full time. And right. is there any shame attached in terms of the shelter, or I'm sorry, in terms of the rescue, if, mm-hmm. if someone decides after even a couple of days, like, yeah, this is not right for me. 
No, there's no shame. Well, I, I mean, as far as Lux Paws goes, there absolutely is no shame. We understand that mm-hmm. it is, I mean, Lux Paws knows that it is experimental. We are learning, they are learning. It, it's, it's a learning curve all around, no judgment whatsoever. Okay, good to yeah. know. All right, mm-hmm. well, thank you so much. Thank you for yeah, Of course. And next, I have Kathleen Helmer, who helps dogs in the shelter system find their way to the various rescue groups throughout Los Angeles. She has quite a network of rescue groups that she works with um, and and has quite a wealth of knowledge of which dogs would, would do well with which groups. So uh, definitely a resource for, you know, helping a dog eventually find the right forever home. So we're grateful for her. Uh, I jokingly called her during her interview, referred to her as the conductor of the Underground Doggy Railroad. And in one of our follow-up emails, she wanted to clarify that, Randy, I am not the conductor, not the only person who supports rescue and helps shelter dogs get connected to rescue. I am an advocate for animal welfare with many years of focus on doing whatever it takes to support saving dogs' lives. So, in a way, I'm one of the conductors of an Underground Doggy Railroad. In one of our future episodes, you will get to hear her interview in its entirety and just see how much of a dog lover she is. Um, But in the meantime, you can visit her website on mystorytales.com, which is listed in the show notes as well as the social media pages for the standard of living. And you can see just how much of an advocate for animals she is. Here's Kathleen's thoughts on adopting or fostering at this time. It's a wonderful intention. If you're serious, get ready to find how deep uh, a well of patience you have. Mm Um, at this time, the city shelters, and those are the shelters I know the best other than a couple rural shelters up by Bakersfield. So I don't want to give information that isn't true, but in a general way, the six city shelters for Los Angeles Animal Services, there are six of them, are officially closed to the public. Um, they, you can go to their website, which would be laanimalservices.com slash adopt, and see the animals that are there. And if you really feel strongly like there's somebody there for you to adopt or foster, you can call them. Each shelter has its own phone number. I have seen, um, I can give a number. I don't know how, um, I don't know if they have more than one phone number, but one that I know of is 888-452-7381. And I don't, I think that is maybe a very generalized phone. You may be, be get shuttled off to a different shelter um, because you're looking at a dog at this shelter and they want to connect you directly with that shelter. But in my experience in even normal times, uh, there was often a very long wait (laughs) for your call. Like just how long do they want me to hold here? That Uh could happen. Right. Or you could get, find out, well, um, you know, I, I don't know what to do and get somebody who's very short tempered or (laughs) somebody who's not pleasant, or you could get a great person. Uh huh. Let me help you. It's really random, uh, the treatment you get on the phone. And again, it's random about how they pick up the line, how quickly they're doing that. But at least you could go online and see who's there and get an idea. I've also heard, unfortunately, that even those people who want to foster, mm-hmm. once they've done all of the rigmarole of it, it's the process itself is like something like two weeks to actually get the animal, which is really disappointing because it's just another hurdle to people helping. Mm -hmm. But that's the reality that um, a lot of people who want to help come up against a lot of hurdles. (laughs) Wow. I I mean, 
before this, my, I adopted my dog from the city shelter and it was, you know, I walked through the kennels um, for a couple of days and just, uh, just took stock in all the dogs that were there. And I just imagine them just sitting there now in their cages mm-hmm. uh, and without the human interaction, right, mm-hmm. that they were getting before. And now right. in order to, from what you described, uh, adopt or foster, you have to go through the website and look at what they have and see from a picture if right. if it seems like it's a dog that would match your your. And then you would, I believe, because of the restrictions now, the only time you'd actually meet the dog in person is when you've agreed to adopt the dog. So then you'd have to be, what if you get there and you realize, oh, no, 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 this yeah. is nothing like what I thought. How heartbreaking would that be yeah. to say no or is it a life lesson because you don't want that dog, but you don't want it to be killed. So let's just take that dog and we'll figure it out. And that's yeah. the other irony of this. Two mm-hmm. weeks to process a foster. And yet, if you adopt a dog, you can walk out that day. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, um, I know I've talked to a lot of people who you know, work in rescue. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the city shelter system, while it seems like it's designed to save as many dogs by getting them out there, you know, the July 4th fire sale, for instance, what I call it, or, you know, um, to empty it so that it can uh, give more space to dogs that need space. But then people are taking home dogs that they don't know, or, you know, I certainly like I learned about my dog's personality over the month that I had him with his first month. Luckily, I had resources like you, um, friends who worked in the, uh, rescue system who were able to talk me through like, this is the process of what happens to a dog when they're rehomed. Um, and yours is following the same protocol, just a little bit sh- uh, slower, but you, you won't be able to tell until you get to really, really get to spend more time with him. But yeah, if I did not have these resources to fall back on, I almost returned my dog to the well, shelter. Tragically, it happens all the time. Yeah. And that's all what was told time. to me. And so I'm glad I, I stayed and I hired a trainer to help me with oh, the training because I was like, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get through all of this, but that <laughs> helped tremendously. Um, but like, I know that comes with the territory, uh-huh. and, you know, and that's why I'm concerned about a lot of people adopting and fostering right now, because I know my life was turned upside down immediately. My sleep schedule, my, yeah. uh, my energy level. And so I, I want yeah, to you gotta take, there. you gotta go on walks. You gotta buy toys. You gotta yeah. buy supply, you know, food if you don't have it. All, yeah. it's, that's the other thing that is, uh, I've always thought is a shame is that people don't think they do. Unlike you who spent three days going through a shelter, by the way, very brave of you. Many people cannot handle it, including me. I can't do kennels anymore. Mm. Um, they just go grab and don't think about, Oh, this is a living being for one thing. Mm. All of the, things that you just, adjustments that you made, on top of that, the reality is money. If you can't afford a vet visit for your dog, and any vet visit is going to start at a minimum of just going in and looking at the dog, minimum of like something like 60 bucks, mm-hmm. and there it goes from there. I mean, you, you count on any vet visit probably around 200 bucks by the time you get a couple shots maybe, or an x-ray, or some meds, and 
sooner or later, you will have that happen. If you're lucky, it's, it's not all that much or all that often, but there are some dogs who have chronic problems. Yeah. It's not their fault. Just like some people get sick more often than other people. And then that's another reason that dogs get dumped right away back to the shelter because, oh my God, they, they don't have the patience or they realize they're not going to be able to afford vet bills. But people think about that in advance. <laughs> yeah. And it would be nice to have that information ahead of time. Like I, I can totally see why a rescue group would hand out that information ahead of time. And they also don't realize that down on the line, let's say they've had the dog well and they really are in love. This is their family member now. Well, then you get into situations where dogs get sick just like people. And if it's something serious, you have this god-awful decision of, where do I come up with $9,000 this month? Yeah, it's so... <laughs> because it's not. you can go up into thousands of dollars really fast. Yeah. Even your vet is helping you, yeah. uh, trying to do as few tests as possible, trying to you know um, avoid this or that procedure. That's just a fact of life. So uh, a lot of people don't want to think about that either. Who does? Uh, you find a way. I mean, that's also part of this. To most people who really, really care about dogs, really, really care, you realize this is a lifetime commitment. And finally, I have Alec Torres, who is a training specialist who owns and runs the Mannered Mutt in Santa Clarita Valley. Okay, so Alec, yes. right now, we're under quarantine. We're in self-isolation. We're Wait, we're what? Not... What are you talking about? Just kidding. Oh, like, <laughs> does she know something? Oh, excuse me, I'm going to go outside. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, no, yeah, that's funny. Thank you. Thank you for that. But You're no, welcome. we're in isolation. We're in <laughs> quarantine. But some people do not have physical touch or right. contact with others or animals. And thus, mm-hmm. the numbers of adoptions and fostering is rising. People yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. And it's also concerning a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think when people have the information that they need to make the right decision and uh, make the right decisions, uh, they can walk themselves into a situation that is great for both. So mm-hmm. what's your uh, advice to anybody who's thinking about adopting and or fostering a dog at this time? Well, first of all, your instincts could not be better um, because our number one challenge with rescue and foster when people, especially uh, even when they're at the outset of taking that step, they don't allow themselves enough time necessary to help with the dog's um, transition. Uh You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in those first few days. There's the first three days, then there's your first week, and then you're in your your three-week phase. And they all have different levels and different complexities to them. Mm -hmm. One of the beautiful things about right now is people have at their vast disposal the most important ingredient necessary in making an adoption or foster uh, situation super successful. And that is time. Time is your number one investment. It's not money. It's not gadgets. It's not, it's not even the right book or the right, you know, all these dog beds and all this stuff you can buy. It is none of that. It is your personal time investment. That's great. I mean, that's a different spin from, from the others. Let's say right now someone is adopting or fostering a dog into Mm -hmm. the house and they find that they do need rehabilitation yeah. or training. What does that look like right now for you, especially? Because, I mean, can you, is that something you can do over Zoom? or? Like, oh, absolutely. Really? Oh, wow. No, there's so much I can do. I've actually, most of my clients I'm not even doing on Zoom right now. I'm just doing them on 
the phone, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I've even got clients that are all over the country right now because, um, because, well, I'm doing free um, adoption and fostering support. Anyone that, you know, rescues a dog right now during the quarantine. Oh, my God, I'm do- that's amazing. Yeah, I'm doing it for free. Um, but then, you know, for for uh, for established clients or people that prefer to work with me, you know, just be- with their own dog, some, maybe, they, maybe because you're in quarantine, you've suddenly realized, oh, my gosh, my dog is behaving weird. <laughs> You know, because you're around them more. So, so then I'm just working, you know, on the phone or on FaceTime um, for a dollar a minute. It's just, I'm just basically throwing it out there because I like to stay busy and current and, and this oh, is the way great. I can do it. Just yeah. We'll get the word out about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a good friend of ours had connected mm-hmm. us uh, and, you know, she's like, oh, Alex, she's a dog whisperer, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, that's, that's how she describes you. And uh-huh. I'm getting that sense from you just talking to you and, and like looking at your website and stuff like you truly do have a way with dogs. And, um, and again, you do it because you love them. That's, yeah. that's what I love to see. Well, thank you so much, Alec, for taking the time to talk to me today. I look forward to talking to you more if more questions come up. But in the meantime, I will put all your information down in the show notes uh, for themanneredmutt.com. And uh, thanks again. You're welcome. Bye. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. And there you have it, a wealth of knowledge shared generously with us uh, from experts in the field of, of loving animals, loving dogs, loving cats, loving hamsters and gerbils and 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 the things that spin around and clean themselves what are they called the ch- uh, chinchillas yes at this time especially for people who are needing that companionship or that physical contact with something warm and loving now is a great time to bring a fur baby into your house and it, at this time fostering seems to be the best option um and it has its obstacles clearly when you're going through the shelter system, um, but still worth it in spades. And if you decide to adopt, please remember, adopt, don't shop. We love all animals, all creatures. But remember, when you adopt, you're saving two lives. Sounds cheesy. I get it. I thought that before I adopted. But I realized not only did I save my dog's life, he in turn saved mine And by bringing him into my house, it created more space at the shelter for another dog in need. Thank you for listening. We look forward to a new full episode in two weeks. In the meantime, stay well, stay healthy, and for Pete's sake, hit the subscribe button.